Thank you for tuning into a Centerpoint Church message. Our mission is to help you take the next step in your relationship with God. We hope this message achieves that and inspires you to both grow in your faith and live it out today. Enjoy! Welcome to Centerpoint Church. My name is Aaron Master. I'm the pastor here. Uh, this Sunday, if somehow you missed it walking in, we have a few unique things outside that aren't always here. First off, we're not typically a chilly church, but we have chilly here today, so sorry about maybe the smells during and maybe after that'll happen because of it. But if you love chili, make sure you see Kathy Quackle or find someone named Kathy Quackle and get her recipe because we have chili out there. We don't typically have sharp objects being projected outside every week, but we do today. Uh, we're not full of just husky lovers in this church. I'm personally an Aussie fan. This is my pup, Willow. Uh, and lots of you posted pictures of your pups this week uh, for National Puppy Day on Facebook. But today we actually, as part of our event, we have a sled dog team here with some huskies for, for kids to pat and cuddle with and just get to see. Uh, we don't usually have active flames outside, but we will today as well. And no, we're not just a church of that's all about games and fun, but today... We do have a lot of that. <laughs> so it's our cabin fever. It's a time where we're expressing kind of collectively that we're sick of being inside from winter. Anybody especially so after yesterday, right? All right. And we're forcing ourselves to get out whether it's cold or warm and luckily it's actually a beautiful morning. At our three games that we have out there, the volleyball toss, the bag toss, and the axe throwing, they're all like one-minute point-based games to just see how many points you can get at each station. Um, and the person who gets the most points at the end of our Sunday gets a cozy cabiny blanket and like a gift card. So if that sounds fun to you, um, we're gonna, I'm going to announce that in my email this week. So make sure you fill out a card so you get that info, especially if you're planning on winning. But stick around for the fun after the services today and connect with someone new. Honestly, that's a big reason why we do unique events like this, is we want to make it a little less awkward for you to start conversation with someone new. So put yourself out there today and, and try to give it a shot of connecting with someone that you don't already know. For the message today, it's actually a standalone Sunday. We normally have these four to six week message series where we study different relevant topics we are going through as, as people or we're, we're looking at a specific book or passage in the Bible and studying that for our entire series. But our next series that we have coming up in April, it's going to be called Legacy. And it's all about of how we can learn from the Bible of how to leave a legacy here that lasts. And that's God-honoring. But this week, like I said, it's a standalone Sunday. One where we're doing uh, a one-time message looking at reels. We're going to look at reels today. You heard me right. We're talking about the things you stumble upon on the internet or on your phone like this. Like you just stumble upon a cute... Cute videos like this, or and then like after this when you scroll up and the next one comes on and it's a cute puppy, and then you scroll and the next one comes on and it's friends and some sort of quote, and then the next one comes on and it's just something silly. And then you keep on swiping, and then by the time that you're done, you by the way, you look up at your phone, the time is there the whole time. But somehow two hours have passed, right? Somehow two hours have passed because you just have been swiping the whole time. Who does this? Anybody? Okay. Whose spouse does this? Whose spouse is not admitting they do this? Okay. 
I try to be as vulnerable as I can on stage, and I'll be the first to say, my spouse does this. <laughs> Actually, she's pretty disciplined about not getting sucked in on reels and social media. Um, to be honest with you, I am the one who does this. I thoroughly enjoy a good reel, and I'm not alone because according to some stats out there, you do too. Research says that 2.35 billion people interact with reels every month. That's like over 25% of the entire world interacts with reels. That's crazy. Now, if you aren't super familiar with reels, reels are these clips or, or on social media such as Facebook or YouTube or Instagram or like a TikTok that's a short video clip that's usually just captivating. It catches you. They, they start off like maybe it's like showing cars or nice houses or views or vacations or experiences. They have like fun, happy moments like as a parent dancing with your kid or silly moments or fighting moments. They show like goal or dreamlike things like your relationship goals of like 2022 having a baby and getting married and getting engaged. They show humans doing amazing things like sports or tricks or flips and unique talents. And it's extremely exciting and fun and addictive right? It's extremely addictive. If it's not reels for you, this addiction is the same thing as being hooked on your social media feed, your Reddit conversations, or checking your emails maybe every five minutes. It's maybe the instant messaging back and forth you do all day long. Again, I'll be the first to admit, like, I am addicted to reels in social media and the messaging so there is no judgment here at all as we talk about things. But I just want to ask, can anybody maybe relate with me at least semi? Like, you're a little bit addicted to this. You, you get sucked into these type of things. Okay, now for me, as I think about me and just share a little bit of my experience with it, it's so bad for me actually that I'm literally mad at myself if I forget to bring my phone into the bathroom because I'm missing out on some quality time checking some reels. If you're a parent of young children, you totally understand this because this is the only time you get privacy, right? Bathroom Check out this is video. Like negotiable alone time. This is Nobody like what you need to do to in the bathroom, to dad apparently. When he's dropping a toozie. It's self-care. It's self-care. Candy crush. Just to be in the bathroom. Candy crush. Getting away, right? Now, if that's you, because it's me, you're probably addicted. You're probably addicted. Now, if you're disgusted with that last example, here are a few other questions you can ponder to see if you might be addicted to reels or social media or emails or even just your phone. Is it the last thing you look at each night? Is your phone the first thing you touch when you wake up? Do you touch your phone more than you touch your spouse? Do you ever try to send or look at something kind of, not like dirty, but discreetly while you're interacting with other people? Although these are kind of cringe-worthy signs of addiction, that statements or those statements are more true for a lot of us than most of us would like to admit. And I don't know about you, but I'm not proud of it. It's something I want to change in me. I want to throw a few more statistics out there at you about this. 70% of teens and young adults in the U.S. have a social media addiction. Wow. Over 50% of Americans aged 30 and uh, 49 have a social media addiction. The average adult spends about two hours per day on social media. More than half of drivers admit to looking at social media while driving. Needless to say, we watch or we look at a lot of media, such as reels 
or our feeds or some sort of tech daily. And we do it even though we know it's a lot, even though we know it's kind of unsafe or we shouldn't at times, which is why we are addressing it today and seeing what God says about situations like this. And to keep it engaging today, we are actually going to be using reels to talk about it throughout the whole message. This might leave you wondering for a second here. You might be like, wait, hold up here. What is this place, right? Like, what is this place? Is this a place that has fun games after the service, live music, and a dedicated time to watch reels for an hour? Because that sounds amazing, is maybe what you're thinking. But isn't this a church? If you're new here, to help ease your mind a little bit, yes, Center Point Church is a Christian church, and yes, we do like to have fun. I definitely won't negate that. But as a church, our motto that we've had since the beginning is we don't take ourselves too seriously, but we take God very seriously. And while we've had some laughs today already about ourselves, and we're going to have some more laughs about ourselves in a bit here, there's something substantial, though, about this topic that needs to be addressed, especially for those who are God followers, especially for those who are followers of Jesus. Because when statistics say that 10% of our day is consumed by some sort of social media, or that the, the stats show that within a year, that's almost 18 40-hour work weeks spent on social media, it shows us social media and feeds aren't just a small part of our life, but it's a lot of our life. And since it's so substantial, it should bring up some very real and serious questions, such as, is what I'm consuming healthy for my relationship with God and others? Can it positively impact my faith? Is it negatively impacting my faith? Does it have too much influence in my life? Have you ever thought about any of these questions before? Again, if it's not reels for you, have you ever thought about the amount of time you spend scrolling on Instagram? or amount of Facebook viewing, or how many videos you watch on YouTube, or even just the number of times you check your email or, or messages. So as we dive into today, today's message, I want to try and answer some of those questions using the Bible. And to start, I'm sure you're well aware of this, the words reels and Facebook and phones and emails and social media and text messages, they aren't really in the Bible, right? So I can't just be like, ha ha, here's a verse stop doing it, right? Or do it. I can't really do that. But to start our study, let's just ask the question, should someone who's following Jesus use these things? 1 Corinthians 10, 23, it says this, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Paul is the writer of this. He's a writer of a lot of the New Testament. And he was someone who's trying to teach and guide people at that time to holy living. And in this exact conversation that he's having, he's guiding people to figure out whether or not something is okay to do, such as eat or drink certain things. And he says, since there is no direct scripture or law on this modeled by Christ, there's no restrictions. There's no rules when it comes to eating or drinking. He says, it's lawful to do, but it might not be helpful. So check for that. And he says, again, it's okay to participate, but not all things build you up. I don't know if you're seeing it this way, but I feel Paul's kind of given us a principle, a principle that we can use for a lot of things in our world these days. There are a lot of things that aren't in the Bible or aren't specifically clarified by Jesus or God, but we wonder, is it okay? For example, 
is there such a thing as too many cats, right? You know, like you see reels, like, is that too many cats? I don't, I don't know. Is there such a thing as like eating too many hot dogs? Like, can you learn how to eat too many hot dogs? Is there such a thing of like, or is it wrong to let your friend cut your hair or not? Maybe that's the question you have. Should I let my friend cut my hair or not? These are silly, but the principle could apply. Like, it could apply to that. Along with more serious things. Should I go out with this friend? Should I take this job? Should I buy this thing? Am I eating too much? Am I working out too much? Am I watching TV too much? The verse in Corinthians, it gives us that prescription, right? It's, is it in the Bible or lawful? Can it help you as a Christian? Can it build you up, is what the verse kind of implies. So when we ask that question, is social media okay? Well, first, there's no specific passage or Bible teaching on it from Jesus addressing it. So, yeah, it's okay. Can it help you as a Christian? Sure. Can it build you up like to who God wants you to be? I think, yeah. Now, there are some caveats to this, right? But that we're going to talk about it in a little bit here. But in the most simplistic statement, social media and reels, they can be great for you. They could be great for you. God didn't intend for our lives to be miserable and abstain from all things. He wants us to find goodness and joy and fun and laughter and friendship. Living in his creation and reels and social media and messaging with others from afar and, and having fun that that provides could be great. Sometimes a silly reel like this is exactly what you need just to get through some positivity in life. Sometimes an encouraging post from a friend, like uh, seeing a picture like this, is exactly what you need in a moment, and that's why you go to social media. Or an encouraging email in the late hours builds you up in a low moment. This is me typing an email to myself. You're awesome, Aaron. Uh, that was late at night when I was working on this. Um, now, sometimes that's exactly what you need. Check out what the wisdom book of the Bible says, Proverbs 17.22. A happy heart is good medicine, and a joyful mind causes healing, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. A heart that can find moments, momentarily happiness, positivity, goodness, and fun, and laughter from social media can be great. Yet when is too much too much? Or when is it not helping you? Or when is it not building you up? Again, this is a principle that can be applied to a lot of things. Whether it's too much working out, too much TV, too much eating, too much of one thing, or specifically too much social media. Is two hours, as the statistics said, or 10% of your day a bit obsessive or too much? Who am I to say, like, what's obsessive for you? So I'm just going to kind of re refer to me right now for a second. But for me, if I use the two hours, the average adult, what they do on social media, if I use the two hours to define my personal use of social media and compare it to other things in my life, that's more time than I spend with my wife most days because I'm at work and doing other things. That's more time I get to spend with my kids, my little girls most nights, since I get home at five and the kids kind of go down at seven. That's more time that I'm, inter it's more time than I'm interacting with other community members or in civil engagements. It's more time that I spend doing things uh, th that are healthy for me, such as reading or getting outside or working out. It's more time than I spend with God each day. And I know this, and I don't like this, and I tried to change this because for me, I think it's too much for myself. So I've loosely tried to stop. I have. I've loosely tried to stop, but it's an addiction. 
it calls me. I know I shouldn't do it as much, and I know I don't want to, but I can't help but have my phone with me. I can't help but have my phone with me. And when I, when I show up from work, I have this in my, in my hand most times, and I'm trying to continue that message that I just need to finish out to that person or text that person, like whatever it is that I'm working on. It's, it's here when I'm having a discussion with my wife, multitasking. I'll try to leave it in place like, and set it down like when I'm playing with my kids to like, remove myself, but then I'll be like, ah, I want to take a picture, or I want to turn some music on, and so I grab it and do the picture, but then like, it's just like, oh, and I do this. I start scrolling. I'll be talking to a friend, and, and in the middle of the conversation, it's now, yeah, no problem, yeah, yeah, you know, a little text. If I'm in any moment of awkwardness or waiting or a time of boredom or just in any uncomfortable situation with someone, instead of dealing with it, this is what I go to. Now, these are me, and they might not be you, but the reels and my phone and my social media use, it's affecting my real physical life. And if it's not reels, it's emails, it's texts, it's posts, or what other, whatever other things tech and my phone offers me. And although, again, according to Paul, it's lawful, and I'm free to do them, my addiction to them has made me dependent on them. And I am unconsciously drawn to them, so much so that I am no longer built up or helped by them. I am actually no longer even free to do them, which is something Paul also addresses in 1 Corinthians, a few chapters prior. He says this, You say I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. I must not become a slave to anything. When our bodies and our minds are dependent on checking social media to avoid awkward situations, we're probably a slave to it. When we're unconsciously trying to like, find ourselves scrolling without even really knowing, like not even really focusing, we're just scrolling, we're probably a slave to it. When we get phantom buzzes, like you feel like, oh, I think I got a text message, or you're hoping for a text message every 10 minutes, you might be a slave to your phone. When we're consumed by the reels to get a good laugh, and that's where we go to get our happiness. It's the only place we go to get our happiness and our joy, or where we go to in our low moments. You're probably a slave to it then. When we're addicted to social affirmation, the likes, the comments, the messages from others, so much so that we are no longer engaging in close relationships, we're probably a slave to it. When all these things happen and we can physically acknowledge and see that social media has adverse effects on us, like our physical relationships, our safety, such as driving, and our massive amount of time we allocate to it, if we're doing all that and we're aware of it, yet we still keep going at that pace, we are a slave. Check out what the definition of the slave says. Down here it says, a person who is excessively dependent upon or controlled by something. If this is us, Paul's initial direction is something we need to revisit because it is no longer helping us. It is no longer building us up as a Christian. Again, can you relate? Is there a chance that you can maybe be a slave to one of these things? Do you think that maybe you're addicted or in that 50% of those who are? Again, I mean no judgment at all as this is me and something I am actively working on in myself. But are the reels overtaking your life? If so, what can we do? I think God gave Paul the answer in Scripture, but before we dive into what Scripture guides us to do in these situations, 
and how we are to physically navigate a healthy use of them. I want to look a little bit at the brain chemistry and the, the science that numerous researchers and scientists who are way smarter than me have discovered when it comes to this use of social media. Many scholars, what they've done is they've declared that what happens in our social media use in reels and in instant messaging and emailing and our phones is our attention span changes and our reward brain pathways change in our minds. Now, I want to cover each of these just briefly. Social media, for the first one, our attention span changes. Social media it has the ability to capture, both capture and scatter your attention. It captures it by providing short bits of content, after content, after content, after content. This was what popped up for me last night. Like I was just showing on my phone and literally it was like one video and then I swiped like literally it's a comedic video, a game video, a unique cat video, and then all of a sudden like a comical video. Like literally it just is random. Boom, boom, boom. But it's capturing. It was hard for me to like take myself away from it. We weren't designed to take that much stimulation, that much content all at once, but it hooks us. On the adverse side of that, studies have found that heavy social media users, they, it takes them more effort to try and stay focused on other things, such as singular things, non-tech things, things directly in front of them. So it does both. The second thing the research has discovered is our reward brain pathways change. So things in our brain change based off of social media. With how our bodies work, whenever we get praise or affirmation or positive moments, a chemical in our brain called dopamine releases and it makes us feel good. Ooh, dopamine. It feels good. Like when you, ooh, someone liked my post. Ooh, feels good. Ooh, I got a good comment. Ooh, feels good. Like dopamine. Well, social media's comments, likes, and shares, and the numerous texts and emails you receive that make you feel important, the notifications and the instant gratification that we can receive, it releases that dopamine in our brain. And it makes us addicted to our screens more than our in-person relationships and moments because it gives us immediate rewards of this happy feeling every time we put ourselves in a situation like this and we can be in control of it. Heavy users of social media, they expose themselves to these many hits nonstop, which creates an addiction. Some studies show that like in brain scans that heavy social media users, can, their brains can look like those addicted to drugs or gambling. To summarize, both what scientists and researchers have found, and also comparing kind of what I shared with myself and what I think is a lot of us, to kind of summarize what we've, what we've learned, is we have... These high attention spans, like two hours worth of attention spans to nonstop information that comes at us, shorts, reels. We have low attention spans to single, in-person moments, to individuals, or to limited streams of information. We have low tolerance of moments of waiting. And lastly, our brain gets addicted to likes, comments, affirmation and acceptance that can be easily received from others online or more easily received online than it can be in person, which makes us then prioritize online relationships. Do you see what this is all pointing to? The real life, the reels, will hijack our real life if we don't free ourselves from it. So what does God give Paul to free our moments from being a slave? 
I think the biggest thing to start is you just need to know that, that God wants you to be free. God wants you to be free. He doesn't want you ruled by the de- desire for more, an addiction that has control over you to get happy or to feel affirmed. He doesn't want a thing that consumes more time than you actually want to give it. The Christian story is that God gave up his life for you so you can be free. He gave up the physical life of Jesus uh, in, to live here on earth. He gave us that so that we can witness that. He gave us the Bible. He gives us faithful teachings that we can hear on and on still today to help us be free and not slaves to things that consume us. He wants you to be free so that you can fully accept him on your own choosing. So with that and through him, you can be a fully free person standing firm. But then as 1 Corinthians 10, 12 through 13 says, So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so you can endure. And that way out is freedom through God. It's by partnering with him, letting him and his Bible speak to your life, letting his ways and his teachings be what prompts you and changes you. It's being a part of a community who is all about trying to follow Jesus as best as they can. They might mess up, but they're going to do it the best they can. This is what helps you become free and guides you, whether it's with social media, with a tech addiction, or with really any addiction out there. Have you done that before? Have you actually allowed yourself to be moved fully to allow God to speak to you? Or are you just kind of maybe going through the motions? Just doing the, the Christian thing in response to someone else in motion. Like you maybe had a friend or a family member or that like kind of put in motion the Christian living. Like they put it in motion for you, but you've never really like seen it yourself. You've never really interacted it with yourself. But you say, you're like, oh, I'm a Christian but you've never really interacted or put it in motion on your own. There's this reel that's out there that kind of makes me think of this. Um, it's these family members or friends that kind of create this fake fear. They like freak out about something that's not real. Here it is, and they see how other people respond to it. I'd hate this. I'd hate this. But the reason I wanted you to see this is, is don't follow God because of some hype your friend or some hype your family member made. You don't know what their real relationship with God is really like. For you, experience it yourself. God wants you to be free. God wants you to fully accept him and go to him personally and see his ways on your own accord and with your own struggle and have him help you through that. He wants to help you get the freedom and help you with your personal needs. Your need is different than your friends and your family members. And these moments when you go to God for freedom are what allow you to truly know God and understand him and experience his guidance. If that's you or something you need, go to God. Start a relationship with him. Or if you already have one, specifically speak to him about the circumstance that maybe you're addicted to or dealing with. If you've never done that with God before, it doesn't have to be a fancy prayer or anything like that. Just tell him, God, I want your guidance. I want your guidance. I want your freedom. I want the endurance you offer to get through tough stuff. You don't have to be 
perfect or have a perfect prayer, but he accepts you as you are. And when you ask for that, you get the guidance of God. You get his direction on life, and you are able to pursue freedom. The second thing that I think that we are able to do or that God wants us to do to kind of remove ourselves from social media is to pursue holiness. When you've embraced your freedom, you're free. You're free to do what you want. But it doesn't mean it's easy to do what you want when you're free. There's, a, there's this bird, right? Like funerals. Have you seen that before? It's like, we're going to launch it. It's going to be free. And just because it's free doesn't mean it's free, right? When you're free, you are then able to make freely your own decisions. And those decisions can be holy, and they also can be not holy. Check out what Paul says about this. After we realize that we can be slaves at times, he says this, don't, realize you're, that you're, don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. Your body, your mind, your actions are to be holy and honorable to God. Are you in pursuit of that? When it comes to a typical person's life like these days, let me tell you what I think holiness is. Holiness is worshiping God. Holiness is following God's commands. Holiness is taking care of the blessings that he's given you, whether it's your house or your spouse or your kids or your job or maybe it's your athletic ability or your, the, your intellect or your whatever ability you have. Holiness is caring about others' needs. Holiness is getting your joy from Jesus. Holiness is being free from addiction. Let me tell you what holiness is not. Holiness is you watching for the 50th time how to hit that dude perfect shot with a cup, right? That is not holiness of making that perfect shot even after 50 tries. It's holiness is not you spending endless time to have that epic backyard, right? Like it's like an endless time on watching videos to figure out what exactly you need for that epic backyard. That's not holiness. Holiness is not you having the fastest email text back time like, and just being so prompt. Holiness is not you having the most likes on your posts. These things are, are fun and can be great, but to pursue these over holiness is not what God wants. If you're an avid social media user, text or email or whatever, it doesn't mean you aren't holy. It doesn't mean you're not holy. It just means you need to make sure that you are pursuing and maintaining and caring for the blessings God has already given you. Some of you maybe will disagree with my decision on this, but for me, like personally, I had a moment as the pastor of this church, I felt I needed to, at first, be available every moment of the day and have my phone on me at all times. Like if someone reached out to me, emailed me, or texted me, I wanted to, or I wanted them to think that like, he is always on it. He responds instantly. You know, like I wanted this track record of like responding almost instantaneously. Well, this has changed. <laughs> this has changed. Don't get me wrong. Like I still get back to every person who texts and reaches out to me or, or needs something. At least I try. So if I miss something, let me know. But I decided to not let myself, though, have this holy ego or inflate in my own mind my, my own importance of thinking like I need to be accessible at all times. To be a good pastor, I need to have my phone on me at all times. So I've had this change recently, and it, I've realized it is more holy for me to spend that hour or two or the Sabbath day or that rest day that my family sets aside 
to put my phone away and not respond instantly. I've had to say no at times, like I see the call coming in or I see the text or, or the email and I've had to choose to not allow other people to steal my attention on that precious night or that cuddling time on the couch or even it's like such the little things, but to not let that hijack what is holy already, what God has already blessed me with. I've chosen to not let what other people are doing, even the fun, exciting stuff on Facebook, call to my attention. Because it's more holy for me to care for the blessings I already have than to want more or to think too highly of myself. Again, this is me and what I'm doing to combat my struggle, my addiction with social media and reels on my phone. What are you doing? What are you willing to do to pursue holiness? James 1.21, it says this, So get rid of every filthy habit and all wicked conduct. Submit to God and accept the word that he plants in your heart, which is able to save you. What are the filthy habits that are feeding your addiction that you need to get rid of? What's the word or idea that maybe God has planted in your heart that you need to submit to? For you, is it social media limitations? Maybe it's leaving your phone in a car or in the car at that social gathering you're going to or when you're around others. Maybe it's no phone times at home, like you have a specific time. Or maybe it's a set phone time, like we're going to use our phone at this time. Or maybe it's a set time where you just go into airplane mode or the do not disturb mode on on messages. Maybe you have app trackers that tell you when your time's up. Maybe you have social media only on certain devices. Maybe for people that like work in social media and do a lot of social media stuff, maybe you focus on scheduling time to attend to those social media duties and then putting social media away for the day. Maybe it's delete your accounts is where you're at. Maybe you no longer use social media. I get some of these sound extreme, but if you are pursuing holiness and have a real addiction to some of the tech that's out there that's pulling you away from what you have declared as holy, maybe you need some of those extreme measures. The last thing I think God wants from us when it comes to things like this is to guard yourself. Guard yourself. It may seem like a silly point, but maybe you need to do something like this. Like, get a cage for your phone. Uh, Maybe it is what you need to do. God wants you to guard yourself from the hooks of addiction. The hooks of sin is what the Bible talks about. The two verses by Paul that we started with, they were this. 1 Corinthians 10.23, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. And then 1 Corinthians 6, 12, you say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. As you think about where you are at with this topic and hearing about the addiction that it can cause and is causing because of how much influence it has on your life, you need to make sure you're guarding yourself. Honestly, for me, the the biggest garter of this is my wife. Um, At times she comes across as kind of nagging, like, put your phone away. I hate it. Put your phone away. You know, like, why is it out? We're we're at dinner table. Put it away. Other times, that one comment saves me of two hours going down the rabbit hole of reels, right? It also saves me from missing out on seeing my daughter take her first step of that little moment where she's wanting to dance and like play and yelling for my attention. I've given my wife the blessing to help guard me. And that's like what I've chosen to do. Do you have someone who can help guard you from the temptation or addiction of media? 
Is it a friend, a roommate? Is it your spouse or coworker? Maybe you don't have someone, but maybe you have like some fail-safes like in your phone to guard you, like social media app trackers like that. You have timers that go up, beep, 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 too much time on reels, I don't know, like 10 minutes or whatever it is. Maybe, maybe you don't have someone, but you have something like that. What do you need to do to guard yourself? As I'm getting close to wrapping up, I want to challenge you to take an honest assessment of your phone, your social media, your email, your texting, and real consumptions. In the beginning, we asked, is it in the Bible and lawful? Can it help you as a Christian? Can it build you up? And I think most certainly, many of us can find a healthy balance to allow social media and tech and reels build us up and help us as a Christian, whether it's just through refueling us and for those few moments each day or, or the fun or for the life encouragement. But have you set some things in place to make sure you're truly free from it? If not, go to God for freedom. Choose to pursue holiness and be on guard of it at all times. No matter where you're at, I'm going to pray that God helps us find a healthy balance to approach to, our, to approach our tech in a way that's honorable to him. If you want reminders of that and guidance from him to do that, you can pray with me right now. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for just giving us a clear example of, of how to handle stuff that sometimes like we're not sure what you want from us. So God, thanks for our principle of understanding whether or not it's healthy for us, whether it builds us up. So God, I just pray that you, as we think about social media and our use of it, I pray that you help us uh, navigate that well. Help us be healthy with it. Help us be fully devoted to you and pursuing holiness and not necessarily getting sucked into things that we don't want to. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.